0: Howdy do you Who fans? Welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's is Adam. And welcome to episode 267.
1: One day I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward
2: in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.
1: Our lives are different to
0: Howdy do fans, hope you're all keeping well, keeping safe and healthy, hope you've tried to have a cracking week, and have all managed to do something Doctor Who, Doctor Who related. related. 267 bud, Yeah. here we are, part two, week two of the Trial of a Time Lord month, which is going surprisingly well so far, last week we thought that you guys would absolutely slay this to pieces. <laughs> based on everyone that we talk to across various conventions and meetups and stuff. Whenever we got onto the subject of Old sixty and Trial mm. of a Time Lord, people don't generally have great things to say. But then you guys came through with some pretty high scores, actually. and A lot of love for this one.
4: Yeah, there's a lot of love for Old sixty
0: Yes. So we'll see what you guys think <clears throat> later on when we get onto our review of, of Mind Warp. Mind Warp. Yeah
4: you're going to be doing some silly impressions later i think people will be expecting it
0: i think people are sick of it now mate (laughs) (laughs) i think people because one of the criticisms that is generally laid upon the few stories featuring sill is just how annoying his voice is after about two seconds and all that stuff so i think if i start doing it people are going to be like "Nah, screw this Let's go and find a different Doctor Who podcast, shall I'm we? I'm
4: sure Sil's got a big fan, <laughs> um, fan base out there somewhere. I'm I'm sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's your lot.
0: That's your that's lot. Your, for the, that's it. Yeah. Uh, so cool. Cool. What have you been up to, bud? Anything Doctor Who? Related.
4: Doctor Who related? Yeah, I've had a fairly good week Doctor Who wise, actually. Um, been reading the interview between RTD and The Moth in the latest Doctor Who mag because uh, I, I was getting worried. I thought it got lost because it, it was a bit late arriving um, this month. But uh, yeah, that's really good. It's great to have those two together. I love, uh, I know I keep saying this, I love the fact that they're both still on Twitter and The Moth did tweet the other day that he was hoping that they might actually make it to the cover. Of the magazine, being as it was an interview between the two of them, but sadly not. It's a picture of um, Tennant and Matt on the front, which is cool. Mm-hmm. So I've been reading that. That's really good. Um, I've been blitzing my way through the season 14 set. Um, just loving that. I've watched all the Pine the sofas now. Um, and I watched the Philip Hinchcliffe interview with oh, cool. Matthew Sweet, which is just over an hour long. That was really good as well. Um One of the, I tell you, there's a little, uh, obviously I've watched the Sarah Jane thing. I think I said this last week, I can't remember, but I obviously watched the Sarah Jane thing, which obliterated me. Brilliant. But there's a little (laughs) hidden gem on this um, Blu-ray, really nice feature. So there was a documentary made back in the day. I think it's called Who's Doctor Who or something like that, which is the sort of famous clip where you see Tom Baker and Deep Roy rehearsing in the, you know, uh, rehearsal room and stuff like that. And it's, you know, often gets sort of used in little segments in different, Documentaries, but this is the original full thing. And they've done it, which is a, it's a brilliant documentary, actually. Really good stuff on that. Um, but then they've done a a sort of return to Who's Doctor Who. Uh, so they've done like a documentary about the documentary where they go back and talk to the producer and they try and find some of the kids that are involved in it at, at the time and see where they are now and what they thought of it. And um, it's quite an emotional little journey uh without giving too much away it's a you know, toby haydoke um, presents it and i like toby um but yeah without saying too much because I, I think i'd like people to sort of discover themselves i don't want to sort of ruin it but it's a real great little hidden gem because i sort of knew about most of the features on this set and i was looking forward to watching them like the sarah jane and stuff i couldn't wait to get that on um but then i was like what's this who's got to return then what's this about um really good really 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 good so i i don't know how much of the if you had a chance to get into your set yet yeah, i know yours arrived last week didn't it
0: yeah so i've watched the the matt sweet interview and i've watched the behind the sofas yeah because they're some of the most entertaining parts of the of the thing but i'm saving the sarah jane thing because i didn't yeah. have time to smash into that i thought if i watch it now i'm going to fall asleep halfway through and that won't be fair mm. so <laughs> uh, that's been postponed to this weekend
4: these these new documentaries are just brilliant I think they're worth buying for the sets alone I mean I'm thinking about I was talking to you know Matt Roundy from the Who Addicts because he's just bought all the sets and I was saying to him you've got some real gems to watch because like on the season 18 you had the J&T documentary which was oh, just brilliant you've got the At Home with Waterhouse whatever it's called the Matthew Waterhouse little The thing with uh, Toby Haydock, which was hilarious. Um, So much good stuff on these sets. But, um, yeah, really, really enjoyed that. Uh, The only other thing I've been doing, um, I finally cracked open the Christopher Eccleston biography. Now, I've had this for a while. I went to a a sign-in back when it was released. It's been sat on my shelf and been really sort of looking forward to watching it, but uh, to reading it, I mean. Um, But, obviously, I won't start a book until I finish a book. So I just finished reading... um, what was it? The Ace at Child's End. Finished that. Really enjoyed it. So I thought, right, next book. What shall I go for? Let's let's let crack open that Equeston biography. And I'm about seven or eight chapters in, and really really enjoying that. Really enjoying it. Um, I should have looked at the title though, because I was about three chapters in. And I kept thinking, guys, talking about his dad a lot. If he, you know, if he, uh, <laughs> if he sort of talks about other stuff, and then I realised it's isn't it called cool <laughs> something like the, the way my dad shaped my life or something. Bones a, it of my father, it's, I
0: think it's.
1: Yeah, like
4: I was that. thinking, oh, you Wally? Of course, he says. So he's, obviously, his dad is is going to run all the way through this but which is now I've got into it. It's really really good. So I'm really enjoying that. But yeah, I should have taken more note of the actual title of the book because <laughs> I get thinking <laughs> oh chapter three and he's still going on about his dad but yeah yeah I'm really enjoying that so far um, really enjoying that and finally the other thing that I've done this week uh, which I did yesterday so before we started recording I was telling you how bored I was yesterday that I started cleaning out all the rubbish in our um cupboard in our <laughs> doing clearing out so I thought I need something to listen to and I downloaded um the new uh, big Finish audio, uh, Shadow of the Sun. This is the fourth Doctor one that they recorded oh, yeah. in lockdown. It was released yesterday, and I thought, "Oh, that's perfect, absolutely perfect." Because I was rattling around the house, bored to death. I thought, "Right, yeah, I'll sort out all that stuff I've been meaning to do. Get that audio on. Great, and um really enjoyed that as well. It's uh, just over an hour long, I think it was." Um, you wouldn't know that they've recorded it in lockdown. I mean, the quality, it's not, like, it's, it's not like Skype when we sometimes record, it keeps cracking up and there's none of that. It sounds really professional. You—you, you, I don't think you'd know that it was done in lockdown. And there's a nice little 10 minute sort of making off at the end where Tom's um, talking about stupid people going out when they should be in lockdown and stuff. Uh, very entertaining, very good. And it's one of those stories as well, because we liked the synopsis when we read it out, didn't we?
0: Uh, it's one of those
4: it sounds quite fun it's a fun concept it's one of those stories that starts off quite light and fluffy and i thought oh yes you know this is going to be a slightly silly story a bit more fun you know not but it has a a very dark side to it um especially it takes a bit of a dark turn uh, and it works really well so yeah so i enjoyed that so i've had yeah i've had some good stuff going on this week in between all the lockdown nonsense and being stuck at home i've managed to do a few good Doctor two things this week, so yeah, I do love starting a new book. I don't know about you, I love it when I crack open a new book,
0: because I've I got do. so
4: many, <laughs> so many piled up ready to read,
0: yeah. No, no idea mate, I do like the old, uh, uh, but that's the problem though, that's the ongoing problem, it's always new books and big finish coming out all the time.
4: Yes, I'm looking forward to that new, yes, I'm looking forward to that <laughs> new, um, What's it called? <laughs> the new McGann one with the curator, Tom, Paul McGann and Tom. Uh,
0: I don't know, there yeah, you. that one.
4: It's coming, yeah. It's been, yeah, it's been brought forward, so it's coming out next month, um, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I'll tell you in a minute, I'll go on the Big Fish website.
0: Um, uh, while you're doing that, mate, mine's going to be very quick and simple. I've not done hardly any Doctor Who since last weekend, uh, other than obviously digging out the Season 23 Blu-ray collection. I had a real brain freeze last week. How come? Yeah, so when I uh, when I watched uh, the Mysterious Planet last week for last week's review, uh, for some reason I just pulled out the original DVD box <laughs> You <laughs> know right. the old you know the old uh, collections they used to do on DVD. This one's got like they used to come in like the black sleeves. Oh no, exactly y- the one. Yeah, yeah. So for some reason I reached for that and stuck that on, and then I was about to do the same thing this week for Mind Warp, and I thought, why am I doing this? I've got the brand new Blu-ray <laughs> collection, Season 23, sitting there. Why haven't I um uh, reached for that? So uh, I had to correct myself and, and put that on. And uh, as I was looking through, I found this very cool little um, uh, documentary that I'd completely forgotten about. For some reason, it's just randomly on there. It's 50 Years in the TARDIS. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I gave that a quick watch uh, before I watched uh, Mind Warp. But That's a very cool little little documentary and Colin's on there quite a bit and yeah so that's all I've done dude for um for Doctor Who but yeah what's that big finish story? Uh,
4: Oh it's called Stranded so yeah it's coming out next month um yeah and it's basically I think the the sort of thing of it is that the Eighth Doctor gets stranded on earth no TARDIS or anything to help him out and um and and the curator's going to be in it so tom baker's going to be in it as well so it just sounds like a really something a bit different um quite an interesting one so i believe it's been brought forward yeah it's definitely out next month so i'm looking forward to that um, oh, cuz i, yeah. I say in in this time of lockdown big finish is kind of the perfect thing to have to hand isn't it it's just uh, oh if you're bored what can i do Oh, bung on a big finish so yeah looking forward to that one
0: so this this is also this also features one of the very small characters from torchwood that we quite like every now and then. Remember PC oh, yes, Andy? yes, he does. Remember PC Andy?
4: Yes, PC Andy. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah.
0: he's now Sergeant Andy. Oh.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I sure. thought he was dead. <laughs> I thought, oh no, I thought he got killed. Well, we a, don't
0: know when this is set, though.
4: He might not have done. I might be just remembering that wrong. I just had a feeling he, because I, I remember sort of thinking, oh no, not PC Andy, <laughs> but maybe he lived to see another day.
0: Because re- my memories of Tortures are very sketchy. Um, yes soon. so we don't know when this is set so it's obviously after the first two series of tortured when he's just pc Andy. Mm. so at this point he's been promoted he's sergeant but we don't know if it's set far enough that yeah his untimely demise does he die i think he does i'm pretty sure he i does.
4: just got it in my head that he yeah. did but uh, yeah oh, well that's that's good so that'll be that'll bring the fun element to it mind you this
0: like, is, doc- is yeah the doctor who timeline this is like you know bloody Star Wars these days. It's like Luke Skywalker's famous line: "No one's ever really gone." It can, can apply to Doctor Who these days. <laughs> yeah. Bring anybody. Well, it's back.
4: like it's like Philip Pinchcliffe says in that interview, isn't it? It's a, it, Doctor Who is a show where you can. It's just limitless. He said that's the joy of the show, and that you can do just about anything, <laughs> really. Well, if they know? can
0: do just about anything, why isn't Clive back yet?
4: Well, give it time. Give it time.
0: <laughs> I know he's. I know he was in a big finish story, wasn't he? He was in. Uh, uh, he was, was in
4: it, that Rose one, wasn't
0: he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we've not seen him back in the show as like a full-on... Oh, we've not seen a spin-off. We've not seen a proper Big Finish series featuring Clive. It's bloody ridiculous. One of the best <laughs> characters that we and only Mark saw. On, yeah. Mark such a dude, dunny, not He's
4: so up for coming back as well.
0: Yeah, listeners are like, oh, Gary, really? You're going to bang on <laughs> about Clive again? But come on, man. Like, just the whole... When oh, you go in you know when he took Rose into the shed and he's got all of that research about the doctor and everything? And you can tell that for for years, potentially decades, he's devoted his life to researching the doctor and he's got all these cool adventures he's gone on to find evidence of it and all that stuff. Yeah. That's just all ripe to be and he could have had encounters with the doctor and not known about it. Like the doctor could have been like Oh, I know about this this guy, Clive. Yeah, he's he's come a bit close a couple of times to mm. to figuring me out, but I've kept an eye on him and Yeah. You know, and I don't know.
4: I'll tell you, I think Clive and the 10th Doctor would have worked great together. Oh they would, yeah. Wouldn't they? Yeah. They'd have been a good pairing up. It's funny because with this whole timeless child thing, I mean the doctor could be just about anyone now, couldn't it? Oh, it you know, God, you can, yeah. Um you could sort of say, Well, that was the doctor. Oh, yeah, which is the only thing I don't, <laughs> I mean, it's the thing that really bugs me about, actually, because I'm, I'm not, you know, I know some people hate the Timeless Child thing, and I don't hate it, I don't like it, I'm sort of very on the fence with the whole Timeless Child thing, but one thing that really does get me is that the Doctor could just be anyone in any story now, I just don't like that idea, because it seems like it's a bit of a get-out, doesn't it? You could have someone throughout the whole story, and then just at the end say, oh, it's alright, The doctor, it was the Doctor all along, oh. Yeah, I, mean, I just don't like that. I like to know who the, the <laughs> Doctor is.
0: Yeah, that's something that...
4: Mm. I mean, I don't want to get onto the whole Timeless Charles no, thing, because that's I a whole can of worms and a totally another podcast. But you know what I mean.
0: I know what you mean. I think that was a, that was a bone of contention for a lot of people after that. It was like, yeah, it was a much better finale, and it's much better than Series 11, and it was all great and everything. But now what do we do with this bloody canon rewrite? well that's the other thing you you see it
4: comes back to what i just said that you can you can do anything with doctor and with the timeless child you literally could reset it like that (laughs) because it it (laughs) would be so easy to undo it but that's the only thing because that's that's i think that's one of the reasons i'm not too upset about it i mean i i don't love it i don't hate it but I just think it would be so easy to wreck on that you could just say because all the stuff missing from the matrix stuff, you know you could just say, yeah, it was just a master foot playing with you mm-hmm. you know of course that isn't true it's so easy to undo so if you don't like the times child thing or if you're a bit like me where you're a bit like unsure about it in the back of your head just have that in your mind it, yeah. it it's very very easily undone so I, I know Chibbers would hate it, but imagine the next showrunner coming in and being like, right, first thing we're doing is changing that <laughs> we're getting rid of that you know a bit like um Moffat with the time war right we're going we, we're going to dive into the time war and totally change that so it's very easily undone I think unless yeah. Chibbers really goes into it in series 13 and then we are bleeped but uh I, you know I don't think he will uh, doubt it
0: yeah it also feels like a little bit of a long-term plan thing as well so, yeah, it
4: does. Well, he, didn't he say he had a five-year plan or something? when he took over?
0: Yeah, but well, I'm thinking longer than to... that, though. Yeah, oh, I see. Yeah. I'm thinking like the long game, like when he's having meetings with the execs at the Beeb and stuff. Yeah. Maybe one of the things that's come up in conversation a lot is, look, we're going to run into a problem at the end of the, I don't know, whenever it's going to be, really. When we get to another 12th doctor, we're going to run into exactly the same problem that we had previously, which he only has... 12 regions so Mm. how are we going to do a reset button at that time people are going to get pretty miffed off if we keep just hitting the reset button so let's just make this endless stream of uh well let's just make the doctor um eternal Mm. let's just give him like unlimited or give them sorry unlimited regions and that solves that problem very nicely that way we can you know we don't have to worry about that number 12 anymore we can just keep going and going and going and going and, and it's all good so maybe that was like part of the the very long game thing
4: maybe i do think that takes the danger out of things though because if you think the doctor's only got can only regenerate its own time, so many times then you think oh you know if he gets killed it's like a cat losing a life isn't it whereas now it's like oh well it doesn't matter because he's got infinite lives and yes. just keep shooting yep. him it's a bit like jack isn't it <clears> he'll <throat> just bit. keep coming yeah. back don't worry about it so yeah. it does take away the danger element a bit uh, to me. It's funny sometimes I just lie there in bed thinking about the timeless <laughs> child, and I, I'm so conflicted about it. I, yeah. Anyway, we must mustn't go down that route because no. I literally we could it'll take up the whole podcast, and we're here to review Mind Warp. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, exactly. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, before we get on to that though, and before we haven't got any news by the way this week. It's just a couple of bits of upcoming. Merch to talk through, but until we get on to that stuff, uh, thank you very much for listening to the show as always. But make sure you are subscribed, so just do a, a search for us on whatever podcast app you listen to podcasts on. We'd love you as a subscriber, that way you don't miss a show when it lands every Friday morning. We're on the socials too: Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So give us a like and a follow over there, or head over to the website, it's got links to all of those things over there. Plus, you can uh, listen to all the shows, and uh, yeah link off to the podcast apps and, and all that stuff. Uh, so, shall we uh, see what old Tat's got?
4: Yeah, get old Tat See what he's got.
0: Merch corner. Merch corner. Merch
3: corner. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very... Well,
1: there you are, young
3: man. What do you think of that now, eh? A Viking helmet. I know
4: it's on the telly. It's everywhere. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. I work in a shop now, here to help. Just before we kick off the the thing, my partner is Chinese. Watches um, this Chinese game show, <laughs> which is a bit like The Voice, except that they're, instead of singing, they have to do a an emotional speech and the most emotional and best speech is the winning thing. But the reason I mention this is because I was watching... I mean, I never watch it because I can't understand it, obviously. I'm just like, what are they on about? Um, um, But the other day I was sort of... It was on in the background and he was loving it and I was on the computer doing something and I just heard... And I was like, what? They use that music on that quiz show for like the little in-between bits. So every time an act finishes or starts, it goes... And I was like are they allowed to use that music? Is it the same
0: same notes everything, same, Exactly it's the same?
4: The, it's exactly the same. Oh, dear. It's the I Am The Doctor thing. I'm thinking, how are they allowed to use that? But it was just so funny because I was, you know, obviously just sort of ch- heard it in the background and was like, what are you watching? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I hope Murray knows.
1: <laughs> I, I don't say, even know what the show's a- called,
4: obviously. It's just some um, thing that he gets on his Chinese TV. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, we assumed that the Doctor Who is trademarked and all of the properties associated. So all of the soundtracks, everything is wow. copywritten and all that stuff. So
4: there's no mistake in that theme, mm. and I've I've heard it a couple of times now when it's been on. Oh dear. <laughs> but it just it's just so <laughs> weird to hear it on the. It's the whole show looks like the voice, you know, the the, the yeah, yeah. TV talent show. It looks like that, and they come on and do a speech, but in between every bit goes dun 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 dun
0: dun dun. Well, maybe the <laughs> the guy who was doing the music was completely wasted when they said, look, we really need the little sound bite that we're going to have to play between things. Actually, it's
4: the, it's the, um, <laughs> it's the, I'm the doctor bit. It's the, do, 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 do. It's the same thing in it. It's just a variation. Yeah yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. It's that. Yeah. Maybe he was yeah, wasted. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And
0: they were, he was like, yeah, i got this covered and he's a doctor who fan. That's, that's the thing he was listening to on Spotify at the time when he had like, yeah. when he was 10 bottles in and he was like, yeah, go on, have that just for a crack. I'm leaving tomorrow anyway. <laughs>
4: Yeah, they're ringing about it. We got that theme done yet? Oh, yeah, I've got it. Hang on. I'm just sending it over now.
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> I dear. Yeah, I'll have, have to keep an eye, eye on that.
4: I will, yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to keep an eye on it. <laughs> yep.
0: uh, anyway, right. back to the merch. Back What's to the merch. What's got? Right, so he has very unceremoniously, as always, just tossed over a couple of things and walked out. Or wheeled <laughs> out, should I say. Wheeled out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we've got two two books on the horizon. So we spoke about this big multi-medium, multi-crossover thing uh, a few weeks ago, which is the uh, Time Lord Victorious stuff, which is going to tell the story of, um, uh, I think they're going to go back in time, like way back in time to like near the, the beginning of the universe and uh, even around the story of the Eternals and when they were younger and all that, all that jazz. So to kick off the, the thing, they're going to release two novels, which are due out in, uh, one is in October. Uh, so, so the first one that's out in October is called uh, The Night, The Fool and the Dead, uh, which is written by Steve Cole. And The Night is spelt with a K, by the way. It's not like nighttime, bedtime. It's like silver armor and sword. Night. You get what I mean? Uh, so anyway, the um the drivel that's come with this one is uh, we live forever, barring accidents, just like everyone else in the universe. Uh, the Doctor travels back to the ancient days, an era where life flourishes and death is barely known. Uh, then come the cotura. Uh The Cottera, uh, creatures who spread through the cosmos dispensing mortality. They judge each and every species and decree it's allotted time to live. For the first time, living things know the fear of ending, and they will go to any lengths to escape the grim new spectre, Death. Mm. The Doctor is an old hand at cheating death. Now at last he can stop it at the source. He is coming for the Cotera, ready to change everything so that life wins from the start. Not just the last of the Time Lords, the Time Lord Victorious. And this is out on the 1st of October it's priced at the moment on Amazon very weirdly at £8.79, which is very specific. Oh,
4: Amazon and their prices.
0: Yeah. And uh, um, yeah, so that's the first book. So that sounds quite cool. That's the David Tennant. Uh, sorry. He's on the cover for the artwork, which is great, by the way. If you've seen Lee Bindings, um, if you follow Fantastic. him on Twitter or anything, yeah, it's really, really good. Uh, but it's sorry, the 10th Doctor. That's going to be the first. Um, story for that one which looks kind of cool and that also features an ood an ood in a tuxedo Mm, looks good doesn't it which is kind of cool and um, so that's the first book and then the second book is called uh, Time Lord Victorious All Flesh is Grass and that's been uh, written by Una McCormack and the drivel for that one is even a Time (laughs) Lord can't change the past a wasteland a dead world no there is no biodome rising from the ash here, life teems and flourishes, with strange and lush plants, and many winged insects with bright carapaces, and one solitary sentient creature who spends its days watering the plants, talking to the insects, and tending this lovely garden. This is Inyit, the last of the Kotura. I think I'm saying Kotura, right? Kotura, Koturu, something like that. Uh, yeah. In all flesh is grass, we are transported back to the dark times, The 10th Doctor has sworn to stop the the Kotara, ending death and bringing life to the universe. But his plan is unravelling instead of bringing life. Nothing has changed and all around him people are dying. Death is everywhere. Now he must confront his former selves, one in league with their greatest nemesis and the other manning a ship of the undead. Crikey. So this this looks like it's another 10th Doctor focused story. However, in this one, he will go back and uh, interact with the Ninth Doctor and the Eighth Doctor. And their likenesses, as is authorised by the BBC, is used on the front of the book. So we've got Paul McGann and Chris Eccleston there. And we've also got a huge swarm, or a muggle, or a murder of Daleks. Whatever Mm. plural you want to use there. Uh, And this one's out a bit later. This one's out on the 10th of December this one priced at the more expected price of nine ninety nine versus the eight pounds seventy nine of the first one. Maybe that one's got a f- like twenty five less pages or something. I was going to
4: say, know. what is that about? Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, so a couple of interesting titles here, dude. Um, I'm interested in both of them. I think I'm going to pre order both just because it, uh, my OCD is just going to c- crash and, and burn <laughs> if I don't if I only read one of them or do one of these things. So, but they both look very cool. Obviously, the more intriguing one is the multi doctor one all flesh is grass so we'll see what pans out there but yeah a couple of decent sounding stories mate to kick off this time lord victorious thing
4: yeah i I mean i gotta back up what you said about the artwork it's absolutely fantastic isn't it i mean that, that that sells it to me already you know, just I just want <laughs> want to own that book, where, with that cover on it. I think it looks great. Mm. Um, synopsis sounds good, intriguing, and all that. Like the titles, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm into this. I definitely want to get these. Um, I'm intrigued where it's set and what this whole. You know, I mean, we hear the the phrase "Time Lord Victorious" banded about quite a bit, but. What is is this the doctor when he's going a bit rogue, gone a bit mad? Where you know, where how is he meeting the other doctors? Where is this set? How is it going to tie in with all the other things that they've got planned? Because this is a sort of multi. Is it multi universe? Is that what do you call it? it Yeah, multimedia. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I'm intrigued by it. As I said, the the covers alone have sold it to me. uh, So I'm quite looking forward to getting these. I'm assuming they're going to sort of kickstart the whole multimedia time lord victoria's thing then i guess this this starts it all so be interested to see how it starts and where it's going yeah
0: yeah we can probably expect an announcement from titan comics in the next few months because they're going to tie into it as well they're going to support the story and big finish also so those other two uh, companies will probably hear from in the run-up to when these are released i think these are the these two novels i think anyway are the first thing that's going to kick off this thing and then the big finish and titan's going to follow after and then i think we've got some other bits we've got the escape rooms and that's right and whatever bumper stickers whatever but it hmm. seems like they um they might be going down the the moody 10th doctor I'm route thinking. with this yeah. because remember at the end of waters of mars waters uh, waters of mars at the end where he's He he does the whole Time Lord Victorious thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's in a right old grump, isn't he? He's in a right old mood. Mm. And if you look at the poses that have been chosen for the front of these, the the covers, uh, especially the All Flesh is Grass one, he's got a right old, old mar on. Yeah.
4: I'm thinking back, was it, remember when I got those badges of all the doctors? And was it the 10th Doctor one that looked really grumpy?
0: Yes, it was. And I
4: remember saying, like, why is he so grumpy? It must Mm. be this one.
0: Yeah, so on the one that's uh, The Night, the Fallen, and the Dead, he looks quite stern, quite mm. on a bit of a mission, but on the other one, he looks like he's got a right grump on. Yeah. So maybe the other doctors are trying to calm him down a bit, like, like dude, 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 we get the whole, you want to be sexy and stern and everything, but this, there's not the time for that. Just, <laughs> you know.
4: no. No 13th doctor yet, as well. I'm, I'm surprised they haven't tied her into all of this. But do you think it's going to be a sort of standalone away? From, you know, she'll have her own thing. And this is a. I, I get the feeling she won't be involved in this. I don't know. It seems odd not to have the current doctor involved in it. But I, I just get a feeling this is going to be a sort of. I don't know. A bit of a standalone thing. Well, I kind I, of hope it is in a way, to be honest.
0: I think so, yeah. Because if you look, if you remember the original poster that they put out uh, weeks ago. Where it's got David Tennant in the Gallifrey and stuff, yeah. Even that poster, it still only references uh, nine and eight. But we do have Rose um, on the front, oh, along, that's along right. with yeah, the Yude I mean, and The original poster, yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't mm. it doesn't mention any other Doctors at this point. I guess it would depend on how successful this is. If people are like going nuts for it and want more, mm. then they might expand the story out to include other Doctors. But um, yeah, I don't know, mate. At the mm-hmm. moment, it's just those three. Yeah.
4: yeah. Which I think is good. It'll work quite well, I think.
0: Yes. yes. So there we go. A couple of books coming up at the end of the year to kick off the uh, the Time Lord Victoria stuff. Mm. Uh, right, dude. Review time.
4: Yes, indeed. Yeah. So we're already, after this, we're already halfway through the trial of Time Lord. Can you believe it? So story <laughs> two uh, featuring our old mate, Seal. No, we mustn't go down. <laughs> and it's called Mind Warp.
1: If we may see, from the Doctor's arrival on the planet, Thoros Vita. Sorcerers, evil demons, soul stealers. How nice to see your familiar face again. Doctor! What's going on here?
3: Sea monsters upgraded to operate machinery. A wolfman who beg for help.
1: Let's find out. There's nothing more enjoyable than watching people suffer. I have altered the basis of all things. Your life. We must go locate our allies and then prepare to battle unto death.
3: Oh, one thing at a time, huh? Bungle!
1: Confess. Confess to what? Your guilt. Your bungling. Your alpha and friends. Everything. You value your life?
2: I'm no hero. I
1: used to think that you were different. That you cared for justice, truth, and good. Things have gone too far.
3: You had released a chaos.
1: And so they took it upon themselves to act like second-rate gods. Welcome to your new body.
4: Wow.
0: Wow, that was a belter of a trailer. Mm. That was from our old mate Reese Gallifrey Forever 97. I think that's his YouTube channel. Yes, yeah. He also put this together for the BFI screening that you guys went to.
4: Yeah, that's right. I remember they gave him a little shout out at the start. Brilliant.
0: Yes. Nice one, Reese. I pinched that. Didn't ask your permission as usual. So uh um yeah, thank you for uh if you have got a problem i I've being serious, if you've got a problem, dude, then uh we have lawyers on standby to uh to rectify that. But I'm <laughs> joking, Reese is a very BFI car park. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very cool guy, Reese. He's a good friend of ours. And uh I'm sure he won't mind. Um yeah, what a cracking trailer from Reese. Um uh, so right, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, mind warp was released on the 4th of october until the 24th 23rd 25th of october it's four parts uh, as was the case throughout season 23 it was written by phil martin directed by ron jones overseen by eric saywood uh it's colin baker and nicola bryant as uh, is the case throughout all of this and it's got uh, again a, a, a fairly sizable um uh, supporting cast and uh the kind of rough plot for this one is the trial is obviously continuing uh, that we've, we left, uh, back in the mysterious planet and more evidence is now presented, uh, showing this time, uh, from the doctor's most recent adventure. He kind of gets plucked out of this one and that's where we are in the timeline. So about, um, yeah, I'd probably say about three quarters of the way through, they pluck him out of this and uh, we had the the red dwarf moment where he ends up at the count of the Time Lords, um, and this one features his old one of his old enemies, Sill, and there's a bunch of scientists doing sort of unethical experiments, and they're trying to prolong the life of Sill's boss, actually Kiv, and the uh, there's a there's a few sort of weird happenings with the Doctor's memory and acting out of character and so on. Uh, yes, and then it. So, so this one is set basically just before the trial begins. So in the Mysterious Planet, that was one of his previous adventures that the Valyard just decided to to pick out and try and manipulate. This one's sort of current uh, timeline for where we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, right then, dude, what you got on this one?
4: Mind warp. Mind yeah. Warp. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed this more than Mysterious Planet. But I, I hardly say we're in the glory days of Doctor Who here. Um, <laughs> it's quite, It was, uh, yeah, it was okay. I mean, I must admit, I thought the sort of first couple of episodes, I was quite into it. I thought, oh, it's not as bad, you know, because it's not a story I gravitate towards very often, I'll be honest. Because um, I I always remember it being quite gloomy and quite the tone of it being quite dark in whenever I think of the story. Because I think I think about the whole ending and the thing with Perry is quite horrific. Um, but... Uh, I don't know, there's there's more humour in it. Watching it again yesterday, there's more humour in it than I remembered, which is good because it does help to sort of break the monotony of the story because there, there isn't a great deal going on here. I mean, I, I like the concept of the whole, you know, the transplanting of the brain because his head's closing. You know, it's, it's a good idea in terms of that, that they're trying to save Lord Kiv and they're experimenting to try and find out. Well, I like all that stuff. Um, but I think by part three... Uh, I was I was starting to get a little... I was thinking, come on, let's wrap this up, because there is a lot of sort of running around the caves, bit of screaming, bit of capture. Um, but the, the plus side of it is I like all the stuff where you're not quite sure if the Doctor's turn trait or not. You know he hasn't. But there is that element where Colin seems to be sort of... Um, he does seem to be quite into what he's doing. You sort of think, oh, I think the Doctor's actually quite enjoying uh, helping out on this to try and find a way to do it. So... It gave it a new dynamic, basically having the doctor sort of turn traitor. In in brackets, um, it does give the story a, a new dynamic, and it was enough to keep me entertained all the way through. So while I don't think it's a classic, um, I did think it was decent. Um, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't, didn't find it uh, a bad story. I just it's another one where I just think it's a little bit average. Um, but it was certainly more entertaining, I thought, than Mysterious Planet. Um there was yeah, some good humor bits in it. I do love that. What race is Because there's a there's a sort of grumpy version of Sill in a cave that keeps telling Bro Bless it not to shout. I mean scenes like that I thought were very fun and much needed in a story that's kind of grim like this. So they were you know what I mean, there was that guy yeah. who was like, Oh, please stop him shouting and all that sort of stuff. I thought they were, that was quite funny
0: yeah so i think they're the mentor their species it's called the mentors
4: oh okay that's fine yeah. Yeah. yeah and i like the relationship between kiv and and um sil as well because <laughs> kiv's just an absolute git isn't he's he? a I mean, savage yeah he's a savage and and Sill just sucks up to him all the way through because he's just scared to death of being you know uh Killed by him, basically, because mm-hmm. he's got no respect at all for Syl. Has he? He's just like, if anything happens to me, I've given orders, to die. And Syl was like, oh my god. So that was a fun. I mean, I thought those two together again brought a bit of fun to this kind of bleak story. Um, I did. I did like the interaction between Kiv and Syl. I thought that was quite funny it's played for sort of humor as well it's uh it's dark but it's a it's a dark humor but it does I think it does work quite well so yeah so there was there was quite a few bits in there I did enjoy like that um as I said certainly not bad but maybe not great just kind of in the middle on this one again but yeah it's all right. What about you? I get the feeling you're not a fan of this. I just, just yeah. get the feeling you didn't, it didn't do much for you, this one.
0: No, it doesn't do this much for me, this one, mate. I'll be honest with you. Mm. I much prefer... This is going to sound weird, but I I preferred The Mysterious Planet.
4: Really? That that, that does surprise me, actually. I thought you'd like this one more.
0: Mm. Yeah. Do you know what? With this one, I just find it to be... <clears throat> first of all, this could have been a two-parter very easily. This so could have been a, a 2 40 minute parts mm. or two, whatever. Yeah. Um, mm. There's so much padding and plodding along. There and, is a lot of padding. stuff. Yeah. And also if the trial stuff wasn't happening, it would also be one of the most pointless stories you've ever seen.
1: Not mm. the most
0: pointless, <laughs> but one of the most pointless things you've ever seen because the whole crux of the matter is there's nothing really at stake. The whole crux of the story is Kiv getting to a meeting on time. Yeah, that's the crux of the story isn't it it's like (laughs) he's hired this scientist guy or kidnapped him or we don't even know we don't even know why this guy's here he's Mm. kidnapped this scientist guy on like with the threat of death if anything happens to him to put his mind basically he's too intelligent for his own skull it seems like he's got these headaches everything and his brain's expanding and his body's not coping so he's hired this guy to transplant his thoughts and uh and his his mind into another body um just because he wants to get to a business meeting to make sure he can make the right decisions it's like it's completely like so when as soon as i watched this one when i got the dvd set anyway years ago and i first watched it that's the and i had exactly the same thought when i watched it yesterday as well the first thing when i finished watching it was what was the bloody point of all of that. If you take the vale Yard trial stuff away for a second, it's like, freaking hell. They, they could have had a bit more at stake in order to take down or, or stop Kiv and Silla and stuff. It's just... Uh, uh, that really does it for me, dude. It's like they, mm-hmm. they haven't got any grand plans to like take over the planet. They haven't got any grand plans to try and get some enormous power that's going to make them powerful or anything like that. They just want to sit around eating bloody jelly. Eating jelly the and jelly, then yeah. uh, having a meeting with one of the worst, worst head puppet mask things I've ever seen in Doctor Who.
4: Was that a repainted terror? Uh, How do you say it from Visitation? Terra lips. Sure yeah, I'm sure that's from Visitation. Just I don't painted know, mate. A different color. It was when bright... it walked in, I was like, what the heck?
0: Well, the, the, it was bright pink and. Yeah the teeth were painted on in this big, this funny grin.
4: Like Rylan. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and its eyes were uh, not painted on straight. So it's like... <laughs> Maybe Eagle Moss did it. Are you looking at me, or are you looking the other way? Or at the same time, I'm not quite sure. And, uh, yeah, so, dude. I mean, Isn't like my- like the Mysterious Planet, I really like the trial scenes where mm. um, where the the doctor is um, to in and throwing with the Valyard and stuff. That's all very cool. This what yeah. this one takes a slightly different direction because in the mysterious planet, the doctor is very, very brash and confident that this is all a farce and he's going to be fine. And, and all that stuff in this one, you can see that he's starting to worry a little bit because, mm-hmm. and as we find out later on in the story, which we won't spoil at the moment, but we find out that how he acted in this story is not quite, he's, he's lost his memory of certain chunks of the story for very good reason. And uh, he can't quite believe it, and things are... So at the end of this story, he's he's he clocks that something is not right about it. Yeah. And he's like, you know, kind of takes it on as his personal mission to, alongside trying to defend himself and prove his innocence, also find out why he's actually there in the first place and what all this evidence is really about and where it's come from. Um, so that's kind of cool. I like all that stuff. Um, but the actual story itself, mate, and there's... Um, <laughs> The the Brian Blessy character, the big you barbarian go, yeah, yeah, uh guy. I just couldn't understand him for sort of 80% of what he was saying. Like the the the, the quiet moments, like when he's talking to Perry, hmm. uh is is quite nice. And he can he sort of falls for her a little bit, doesn't he? And that's quite funny and
4: there is stuff. a lovely scene between him and Perry, isn't there? Where he's, love, what, what be love, mate, mistress, and all this sort of stuff. I thought, you know, that was quite a nice little moment.
0: Uh, yeah, so that stuff was really nice. That's, that's yeah. all good. Um, but then when, he, like for most of the story, he's just, like, in typical Brian Blessed fashion, obviously, he's like bellowing out these huge lines Scum. and stuff. But I just can't understand him. I just don't, I don't really know what, what he's saying. I just took it like, oh, he's just shouting some warrior Stuff and he's always up for a scrap, and you know, it's all quite funny. It's quite a humorous story, but yeah, dude, I can't get into this one, mate, just because, uh, yeah, like the and also some of the acting's like really questionable, really questionable. So, there's a guy that they find down in the tunnels, and there's like this other sort of group of people that are living in, in the tunnels, it looks like, uh, um. And he, he's absolutely awful. I can't remember what his name is, his character name. It's the guy with the headband. Oh, him! The, the tie yeah, his head. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
4: He's really forgettable. So I'm not even going to be ashamed that we've forgotten his yeah. name because he is um, terrible. Is, is it um, Tuzer,
0: Maybe Tuza or Matrona? One of the two. Um, could be. I can't remember. <laughs> and then the scientist guy, who's doing the transplant. I mean, crikey, come on! Oh, As,
4: he's very, um, he's very, very British. Yeah. He's, he's a, but he's Very over posh. the
0: top a lot of it, so there's a scene where he's just about to start um, operating and the camera zooms in on his face. And he uh, does the eye. He does this eye thing, like he's over-exaggerating what he has to, <laughs> he has to sort of focus on. The, the director said, look, we're going to focus in on your face, but you have to make it really obvious that you're looking at something particular and really concentrating.
4: I, <laughs> I remember people at the BFI really laughing at that bit, <laughs> and not for the right reasons either. Do you know what I mean? It just like is it is a bit cringe, Um yeah. that bit and the bit where the people have somehow. There's a sort of weird scene where these people sort of start going out of control in the cave at the end, and they're all just sort of, oh, rattling around the cave, spinning around. I remember people laughing at that as well because what the hell? Yes. Um Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's a it's a bit of a mixed bag. This one, I I do think. One of the things that I said about *Mysterious Planet* was I couldn't really understand why the Valliard was used in that story to demonstrate his point, because the Doctor didn't really do anything in that story that, you know, backed up the Valliard. See, look what he does. Whereas at <laughs> least this story, I thought, it does relate to that. You could see the, you know, the, the Doctor uh, chaining Perry up to the rocks, which is a horrendous scene, isn't it? I mean, poor Nicola Bryant having to suffer that it looks so uncomfortable. But it's quite a, a nasty scene. You're not quite sure is the doctor doing this for show or is he really lost it? Because he switches between the two. And even Colin, at the time, said he didn't know quite what was going on there, whether the doctor was or wasn't. Um, but yeah, I thought at least this story actually related more to what the Valyard was trying to show about the Doctor. So there are scenes in this where, you know, the Valyard sort of makes good points in a way. He's like, you see, the Doctor killed the creature and. The doctor's like, well, no, the gun went off by mistake, and all this sort of. So at least it related more to the trial scenes, uh, which is one of the reasons I th- think I enjoyed it a little bit more. It's funny because I, when I watched this at the BFI, I do remember thinking I was really quite bored uh, a lot of the time. Whereas watching it yesterday at home, I, as I said, I was quite into the first two stories. It goes to show, doesn't it, if you're in a different mood. I don't. But normally BFI, I'll be. Even if it's, um, you know, something like Mind Warp, I'm normally sort of really into it. But I remember being thinking at the BFI, guys it's is quite a slog <laughs> uh, at the time. Maybe it's because I could sort of break it up a little bit at home. I don't know. I think it does benefit from perhaps watching 2 and 2 like I did. But, yeah. But, yeah, Maybe. you know what I mean about yeah. the trial scenes? Yeah. yeah. I think they, they, they did relate more. And I, I liked the trial scenes. I agree with you. It was good to see the Doctor going from sort of bombastic confidence to, like, questioning because i liked it when colin uh, the doctor was like i don't i don't remember what happened i don't remember what's going on the value as well you you will you've got a shot coming and all this i thought it added a little bit of tension to what was going on so that was good and they get rid of the whole the um what's she called the inquisitor soon slaps colin down doesn't it because right at the start he's like the brickyard here and she's like, right, we'll, we'll put an end to this straight away. He's not the brickyard, the knackers yard, the whatever yard anymore. Show some respect. And I thought, okay, that's killed that. Um, so, yeah, I, I I enjoyed the trial scenes uh, in this as well. I thought they seemed to work better with
0: the story. Absolutely did. Yeah. Yep. yep.
4: It's interesting that bit where the Doctor gets pulled out of time as well. I don't know what it is about a shot, but I really like it, just the way the TARDIS is suddenly there and then the Doctor sort of reverses back into it and, you know, it's, I don't know, I've always quite liked that scene. It's um, strange, isn't it? And you sort of think, oh, no, because you know what's happening to Perry. It's quite a shocking moment, I think, that they pulled the Doctor out at that point. So that was quite good as well.
0: That was, actually. Yeah, Mm. that was quite cool. Yes.
4: At least Perry gets something to do in this story as well. That's one of the things that was really lacking in Mysterious Planet, wasn't it? She got nothing to do. In this one, she gets some, you know, like the nice scene with cannos and uh, she gets to do a few bits and bobs. And obviously, the ending, Perry's demise at the end is horrific in this. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. What do you think about that? It's a, it's a shock. Even now, I find it quite shocking because I think it's the voice when to, when they modulate the voice, and she s- sort of sits up with that um, bald head. It's quite shocking, I think, oh, even yeah. now.
0: Yeah, that voice and stuff. Yeah, it's been overdubbed, doesn't it, by Kiv. The, the it sounds blade. like
4: the um, Exorcist,
0: doesn't it? It does a bit. Yeah, it's quite creepy. Mm. Yeah. Do
4: you think it's a good exit for Perry though? I've never liked it. I know that they kind of retcon it <laughs> later on. Sorry, spoilers. I know they they do a dreadful retcon later, but we'll talk about that when we get to it. But um, I've never liked this exit for Perry. I know she wanted it. I know. I know Nicola Bryant said you know she wanted to go out in a shocking manner, and it certainly is. But um, I, I don't like it. I find it a bit. Sadistic.
0: So yeah, no, I read you. It's um, it's an interesting way to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's certainly um, you know, it, it's it's better than just saying something like, "Oh, you know, thank you for traveling with me." You know, all the best.
4: It's definitely memorable. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a good point. It yeah. is memorable. For but sure. at the same
0: time, yeah, I mean, it's a shame, really, because in this in in the last story, they could have given her a wee bit more to do and also some one thing that does irk me a little bit is there's a little bit of a rehash of the past story really so if you think to the mm. mysterious planet perry goes off and then she gets lumped in with two prisoners and then in this story she goes off she gets lumped in with two <laughs> she gets lumped in with um uh uh what's his name yucanos and, yeah, yucanos. and his mate uh, who got turned into a, a wolf dog thing.
4: That's horrible, that wolf dog thing. Dorf,
0: I think his name was. Yeah, Dorf. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it's a kind of a rehash as well. So again, they don't really give her too much to do. And then at the end, when she does get the the mind transplant and all the rest of it, that's really not anything that she's actively doing. She's just been captured. So again, mm. you know, it's not a huge amount for her to do. So yeah, old Perry, she doesn't really... Yeah. I mean I much I much preferred Perry when she was with uh Davison's Doctor. So do I. Yeah. And then
4: she's only in two stories with him. Mm. And I always think that she just seemed to, the character didn't seem as whiny. It didn't seem dunno yeah, I don't know. I just I would have liked to have seen more of Perry and Five. Um I know that I know they have softened the relationship between Perry and the Doctor by this point. It's certainly better than it was, but uh, yeah, I don't know, the character's just not really mm there for me um I, I i agree with you i like her with
0: five as well yeah the same and because i think this was a little bit sort of too little too late for perry and and uh the doctor's relationship to have progressed because in the previous season he was such a get to her he all was, the yeah. time why and would she stay with him i mean exactly God. yeah and then in this one he's you can tell they've written him to be a bit softer and you know a bit more likable towards her but then it's too late she's off uh, so, yeah, I much prefer with Davison, but...
4: I just thought, yeah, because yeah. Davison, if you think about it, he, the Doctor goes from saving Paris' life, sacrificing himself, to strangling her about half an hour later after regenerating. It's You know, she, she'd have been out there, wouldn't she? Absolutely. She'd, no. she'd yeah. have been like, I'm not having this. <laughs> yep.
0: um, yeah. yeah, and that's also the thing with uh, some stronger companions that we've seen over the years. So people like Donna and Rose, those sorts of people. They wouldn't have had it. wouldn't have had that at all. They God, wouldn't have put up with Donna. that exactly. So, in a way, they should have. Actually, no, it's, that's unfair to say. In a way, it would have been nice for them to have written Perry to be a little bit stronger because she does try. She does argue back mm. a bit, and but the thing is, she turns out to be just a bit uh, defeatist a lot of the time. She sort of yes. you know she's halfway through arguing with the doctor. He says something, and then she just sort of huffs and she's like, "Oh, you're right, Doctor." Yeah. And then we're off and then she's sad again and, you know, it just, so, but that's the thing though, in this, in this season and these stories, these first two anyway, it, you can tell that they're on the right road. They, it is a, a much nicer atmosphere between the two of them when they're on screen and yeah. and all that stuff. It's just not enough of it.
4: Yeah. Cause there's scenes where they're sort of working together quite nicely when he's like, right, we're going to try the, um, what does he call it? The escape maneuver or something when they you know when they sort of throw that creature over in the cave to escape and of course immediately get recaptured but yeah there's nice scenes where they work together quite well like that but i agree i've always wanted to perry to be a stronger character i mean it'll be no surprise to people listening to to hear me say that big finish did a good job of uh you know uh, of take carrying her character on and making her a lot stronger um so she does get that uh, what did you think of um Sill in this, because obviously the last time we saw him, I mean, again, he was doing horrible things to Perry. He turns her into a blooming bird or something in Varos, doesn't he? I've, if I remember <laughs> right, I haven't watched Varos for a while. Well, I watched it on the live sh- stream the other night, but not properly. Um Yeah, what do you think of Sill though? I mean, he's got a, he's, he's got a new mask, which is much improved. Is Because do you remember Varos? Oh. He's sort of flapping around. You can see it's a
0: yeah. mask.
4: Yeah. He, they've improved his costume in this, and I think Kiv looks pretty good as well i think the costumes are are pretty decent
0: yeah Um, two things though yeah two things on that mate uh in the in the in the first part um when uh sil is is talking to the doctor there's a bit where so there's like a round it looks like um you know when you were younger and you used to put you used to have those uh drawstring hoods and you used to put it up over your head and then draw it really tight so it like like yeah. <laughs> covers up most of your face it feels like they've used something similar in like the head part of his costume but it wasn't done up enough so in that first scene it's like slipping down slipping down and it almost covers up it, it, it certainly covers up one of his eyes yeah and it's like resting on his on his eyelid on the other eye so as he's trying to like be really serious and and shout at the doctor is his costume's like falling that's the only time it does it though I, I think they picked that. up on it yeah that, yeah yeah, I think they picked up on it um, after that because it's like firmly in place for the rest of the story. But I do agree with you, though. It does look better than when we saw him last. It just, yeah, there's no flaky bits and falling off bits. And uh, and the only thing that <laughs> was funny about when they, because um, this is their home planet, right? Or not their home planet, but this is where the Mentors are is from. think their home planet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, Thoros Beta, yeah, so... There's like another species of these things, isn't there? Like the the beige brownie-looking ones, and mm. it's really funny when when the scientist guy um, uh, is looking around uh, Crozier. He's like explaining the new body, and he picks up the tail, and he's like, "Look, this this species has uh, not evolved yet, and has lost its stinger." And at the end, it's like this big rubbery, wobbly yeah <laughs> at the end it looks like a swiss roll and he's just like <laughs> wobbling it around like yeah dangerous thing this stinger and he's like wobbling it around and i thought they were going to use that later on i thought that kid was going to use the stinger on somebody and they should have yeah it was funny though but uh, having said that the the costumes overall uh were not too bad for the for the mentors because there's another character that we see later on he's just sort of chilled out in the pool by I the like prison cells yeah. and he just wants a bit of peace and quiet and stuff and his costumes again, it's it's very good and, and stuff, I love so. that bit where he's like, <laughs>
4: Thank you and he's like, What for? For saving your for sparing your life? It's like, No, for not shouting. <laughs> 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 he's speaking for all of us then there.
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah. So, what do you, what do you think of the character? I mean Sil is similar to how he was in varus but they he's definitely more humorous in this isn't he? he's a he's sort of quite gruesome and grotesque in varus and in this he's still gruesome and grotesque but he's also quite comical in his scenes like when he's creeping up to kiv he's like oh master and all you know he's all yeah it's, it's a bit more comedy to his performance in this but what do you think to seal and kiv as a uh, you know, as a pairing on screen i mean i quite like kiv um what's his name the actor from the young ones uh, christopher ryan Chris he ryan, goes on yeah. to be a sontaran doesn't he yeah um i thought he was playing it again quite comedic but sort of not without being over the top i quite liked him as kiv um i, I thought they were quite funny together those two but what did you think
0: i do think yeah I, i'm undecided on still. still.
4: Yeah okay. Yeah just because uh,
0: Yeah no he's he's cool he's he's funny but the problem with sill is that uh, I don't know the 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 way he's written is very good but it's just I don't know Nabil Shaban just the way he delivers his lines uh, I don't know it just it just irks me after a little while like I can put, okay. he's he's one of those characters that I find very cool but only in small doses. So with you. Yeah, yeah, so I can put up with it for an episode and then after that it's just and like the treatment that they put on the voice track and mm-hmm. and that stuff. It's it's funny, but uh, but for me Kiv was just brilliant in this. You like Kiv. Yeah, just because yeah. I love that grumpy old man kind of mm. you, you can tell that he's just had enough of everyone yeah. throughout the story. He's got to that point where he's he's just had it he's he's had enough of seal banging on in his ear he's had enough of the the experiments and stuff he just wants his new body so he can just go and have a sit down excuse the pun and um you know have his meetings and have a bit of jelly that's, that's all he wants to do and he's yeah. just got this constant like it, it, to him it probably feels like a fly buzzing around his head all the time with seal just banging on and
3: so, so
0: and, all that and you can tell in his face he's just rolling his eyes like oh god you're here are you so i really love how his character it's one of the best things for me in the story was just how brilliantly um uh just can't be bothered attitude of kiv and yeah. just this frustration that he's got all these imbeciles around him he just wants his body just do that and the frustration that builds with him and stuff so I much preferred Kiv to Sil in this one.
4: Fair enough. I, yeah. I like them both, but I do agree. I think Kiv's a... It, it definitely gives a new dynamic, because in Varos, as I said, you've just got Sil, um, but to have another sort of member of his species, and a, and a totally different character as well, like you said, a, whereas Sil's just this creep who, you know, um, Kiv's got power, but he's just a grumpy old man. It's a, yeah, it's just really good... Um, difference of character between the two and it works really well i think so yeah the yes. funny little heart monitor things as well that is bleeping away yeah yeah he's good i like christopher ryan in this
0: uh, yeah no idea he is yeah. cool yeah what do you think to crozier i know we mentioned him briefly but he's the dude that's running the lab doing all this stuff and
4: he's uh he's a sort of i don't know <laughs> he's not terrible but he is very I was going to say of the time. There was a lot of that sort of acting back in Doctor of the Day. He's just a bit over the top. But I don't think he's – I'm trying to – I'm not guilty pleasure, but you know what I mean? He's not bad, but he's not good. <laughs> but, but I don't look at him and think, oh, he's not like the two twins in Mysterious Planet that I thought was so bad that they shouldn't have even made it to screen. He's sort of bad in a sort of almost camp, uh, very sort of posh <laughs> surgeon-type way that I, I think kind of works in terms of the story. So I don't mind him. Like the bit where, the, where he does the eye, you know, like that scene you talked about earlier, made me laugh. I thought it was quite funny. I don't know if it's supposed to be, but um, I don't know. I thought he was all right for the part. Uh, I th- again, I think he's sort of trying to play it a bit comedic-ish, but also trying to play it straight at times. Like when they smash up his laboratory and he's trying to protect it all and stuff like that, is pretty good. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's just a few scenes, really. He seemed to be up and down. Like some scenes, where, the scenes where he was more laid back, he was fine because uh, he, he kind of came across as a bit. And also there was no, uh, there, there didn't seem to be any panic on his side either. There was mm-hmm. one scene where he's talking to his assistant and she's saying, you know, this is going to be the best experiment yet. It's going to work. And I think he just very, very calmly and lazily says something like, well, it's going to be the last one if it doesn't work. Yeah. And you just think, well, I'm pretty sure if you are faced with certain death for this failure, you're going to be a bit more into it than that, mate. Mm. So I just found him up and down. And then the scenes where he's really chewing the woodwork, That's cringe territory for me.
4: There is a bit of cringe. There's <laughs> definitely a bit of cringe. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he was not too bad. I, I, I don't know. He was just a bit cringy in some parts. But the scenes where he was just kind of laid back and doing his thing is fine.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't mind him, but he's a bit cringe. Uh,
0: you can us then. Oh Oh Brian!
3: <laughs> <laughs> <sighs>
0: what do you reckon then? Oh blessed, doing his thing. You can't. You can't beat a bit of blessed now and then.
4: I don't know what. I don't know what I make of Yukanos. <laughs> he's he's certainly entertaining and he certainly does wake you up in this story when you need it. <laughs> like there, there are bits where you're drifting off and then you Carnos bursts in the room and you're like you're back in. Um he he is fun in it. I mean I, I love the scene. <laughs> I love the scene at the start where um uh Crozier thinks he's put him under anaesthetic and he's talking about yes he's a dumb creature it will take longer with him and all this. And he thinks he's under and then he just wakes up quickly to go scum and then goes back to sleep uh, so there's fun little bits like that but um yeah interesting character i think it would be a lot less entertaining without him that's all i'm right. gonna say
0: right <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i'm undecided really yeah uh, apart from me trying to figure out what he was saying half the time he was quite funny though he is that's funny. The thing. I mean,
4: he's way over the top. Of course. Yeah, that,
0: but that's just Brian Blessed, that's though. I Brian Blessed. Yeah, yeah. I was, what, this is going to sound really weird. The one and only time I've ever seen an episode, there was a program here in the UK years ago. Uh, I don't even know if it was that good or not, but I watched one episode of it a while ago because I was really bored and I was flicking through and I just happened to leave it on. There was a program back in the day called, uh, it was about an antiques dealer and he was always got schemes and scams. Lovejoy, it was called.
4: Oh love joy, yeah yeah,
0: and Brian Blessed's in one of those episodes. It's the only one I've ever seen, mm-hmm. and even in that where he plays just a businessman and he has like various dodgy dealings with people and stuff, he's the same. he's exactly the same, and if you watch like he he's, he did a recent spat of adverts for some gambling thing, I think yeah. a year or so ago, exactly the same. so I think with when you're going to cast Brian Blessed, you've got to be prepared just to have big boomy shouty stuff going on
4: it's what he's known for isn't exactly it, really? yeah mm. so
0: because of that you kind of expect it you're like okay this is this is the blessed doing his thing but i just can't decide whether or not i can't decide whether or not he actually needed to be there did you just say that
4: no but did weirdly say i was similar. thinking it. it's like you read yeah. my mind But as I said, if he wasn't there, I think the story would be that's right. Sorry, yeah. Suffer, yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's it's weird to me because we have these these mental characters like Sil and all the rest of it, and we assume rightly or wrongly that there's like loads of them on this planet, and these Mm. they're the only three that we actually see in the story. But yet there's this. It almost feels like uh, Yarkarnos has been plopped out of time somewhere and dropped Mm. into the story. And he's just, regardless of where he is and when he is, he's just this crazy uh, barbarian dude that just wants to fight everybody. Yeah. So I don't know where he's come from. I don't know whether it's... Because uh, we have... That's what I said earlier. There's this other uh, race of people uh, that are sort of hiding out underneath in the tunnels and stuff. And... um they kind of I think they're called the Alphan resistance they're yeah. like a small band of people right so they kind of pop up as well but the Yukanos character uh, we assume uh, is just another humanoid sort of race of people that also live on the planet I guess is that right
4: guess so yeah like well, yeah <laughs> I, I don't know so. either to be honest yeah, yeah. he th- does feel very different to everyone else in it
0: yeah yeah yeah. So, um, yeah, because the the guy that they run into in the tunnels, you know, the guy that's been experimented on and is now like a wolf, werewolfy yeah. sort of thing, he was he's he was from the same group of people, right? Yukanos, who's the king apparently of the barbarians or whatever. Mm. But they just felt like they just he could have been from he could have plopped up in any story, like he would have done brilliantly in Battlefield, <laughs> or he would or have, he- you know.
4: Or even Mysterious Planet actually he would have been great in that, wouldn't he?
0: Oh, of course, yeah. 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 So I'm I'm still undecided whether his character actually needed to be in the story or not and what sort of relevance he played, other than the 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 mechanism to get Perry from being captured to being captured again <laughs> later on in the story. I'm still undecided. Yeah. But as a character, yeah, fairly entertaining and comical. Mm.
4: I do like the I like the fact we see the, the power of the Time Lords a little bit in this, where they pull the Doctor out of the, you know, they they recall him back to Gallifrey, and also they pause time or something, don't they? I wasn't hundred percent clear what was going on there, but you know, just after they've taken the Doctor away, like of um, sort of freezes, don't they? And then I, I don't, they haven't just paused the video on the screen. I think they've sort of paused time, haven't they? And he's like, well, what what did you do? He so said, we had to use him to. Sort you know to finish up this mess that you've created and all this, so he goes in and obliterates the whole uh, palace. Um, So I thought that was all quite good, just to see you know the Time Lords can meddle and interfere and sort of do stuff like that. Oh, that was quite cool. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I would love to see the outtake of Brian, but apparently I think it's on the, the screen text you can watch when watching these episodes. I think it says something about. When he bursts through the room, he has he has some lines to say as he's shooting, and I think something went wrong, <laughs> but he just carried on. But instead of saying the words, he just said a load of expletives. So they sort of use the footage, but dub out the audio and fade it to white, so you can't see what he's saying. <laughs> I'd love to see the uncut. What the fuck! <laughs> yeah. Screaming and shouting and effing and blinding, because I think because he had to wreck the place, they could probably only do it once. Um, oh yeah, that, yeah, it all up again. Yeah. So I think they were just like, "Oh, we'll we'll sort it out in the edit. Don't worry, Brian. It'll be
0: fine. It'll be fine, mate. Yeah. Don't worry. yeah. So mm. what did you think? To oh, actually, just a bit of um, uh, just a uh, a confirmation on this. So Yucanos uh, was from the planet Krontep, and his species is also called Krontep. Oh, right. Okay. A humanoid warrior species from the planet Krontep. Mm. How What's he, he ended on that planet? Up, well, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I've no idea. There's obviously been some kind of expedition somewhere, and they've grabbed. Oh, because I think, in order to backfill a little bit, it sounds like they were looking for a very suitable host for Kiv, and obviously a big warrior, strong-bodied person would be a good, a good. He would
4: have been actually. Why didn't? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, they couldn't control him, could they? But he'd have been. He'd have been a great person to transplant Kiv's mind into, wouldn't he? Because he's strong and big and yeah yeah there we go they missed out there
0: yeah Uh, what do you think to the visual effects in this one because the opening couple of minutes are very extravagant
4: i think for the time (laughs) they look quite good i do love them planet and all that i think you can see that they've tried and you know, the filter on the planet to make it look just a little bit different from the quarries that we always see. So although it doesn't really stand up to today's effects, I do think it's got a charm to it. I really do like the love, the scene of the TARDIS landing in the water with the Saturn ring planet behind it and all that, you know, I just think it looks nice and it's, um, yeah, it's, it's of its time, but I think it looks good. I I quite like the visuals. I, I think with the, filter on the planet it's perhaps a bit garish but again it's just makes it something a bit different from being just a white quarry which it clearly is yeah yeah but yeah yeah i think it's all right yeah
0: it was a rip-off
4: oh no of what
0: yeah so there was a new zealand film called the quiet earth which was out in 1985 so uh so a year before this went out and uh, the planet that you see stretching off into the distance, and then the big planet with the rings around it—they uh, mm. just used that. So, oh,
4: okay, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. Everything's a ripple. I noticed that the water's very deep when they get out the tides. So I think they mentioned this at the BFI as well that you know the tide had come up quite a lot in between setting up, and you know I think if they hadn't got that in the can when they did, I think probably the TARDIS would have been underwater, because when Colin actually steps out, he's like, oh, it's just a little water, he almost, is pretty much up to his waist almost, when yeah. he gets in, yeah. isn't it? But <laughs> I think in the script he still says like, yeah, so it's only a little water, what are you worried about, Perry, and all that sort of stuff, but yeah, you can see it's pretty deep, but also I imagine fixing the TARDIS up in the water and not having it, I mean, what did they weigh it down with, rocks? I mean, that prop, I'm amazed that didn't just drift off into the sea they must have tied that down somehow
0: <laughs> i think so it looks it's,
4: pretty solid you know i mean normally yeah, yeah. the tardis is a bit wobbly bless it <laughs> yeah
0: yeah but I did, I did quite like the effect there like the bright pink water and yeah and stuff. yeah added to it that kind of thing that effect on its own is pretty sweet um, mm. and we spoke about this weeks ago uh, in one of the stories we reviewed i think it was last month we said that it was the first time that they had used this uh, technology at the bbc and one of the things that they always pull out when they're talking about it is that shot of the tardis with the pink TARDIS. water and all, mm. all that stuff so yeah it's kind of cool it's mm. kind of cool M-
4: music's a bit f- odd in this one isn't it i couldn't decide if it was if i liked it or not really
0: yeah i quite like the music in the mysterious planet that's quite cool but this one it was a bit uh
4: there's this sort of musical sting that they keep using, which I found a bit irritating after a while. Um, who was the
0: composer? Because it sounds...
4: Oh, Richard Hartley. Mm. See, that's not a name I know. Um, so I don't think he did many.
0: No, he didn't. No.
4: Uh, oh, in fact, I don't think he did any other Doctor who, according to Wikipedia I've just read. Um, yeah, it's not bad, the music. It's certainly of its time, very 80s and stuff, but it's a bit odd in places, I think. Yeah. No, and yeah. might be why he never worked on Dot 2 again. I don't know. Probably.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah, and then the sets were nothing great, to be honest. The underground tunnels were okay, but the uh, and the massive doors they had for the prison cells. They're kind of cool. But the sets inside the science lab, when they're doing the mind transplant and all that stuff, it just looked like a big white, overly lit, as usual. Um,
4: There's one shot, isn't there, where they've put like a matte effect painting over it. Yeah, uh, To make it look, you know, it's interesting. You can see what they were going for. Yes. Uh, just to yeah. make it look like the outside of that dome, which is quite interesting. But mm-hmm. I think we only see that once, don't we? We do. Yeah. It's in yeah. part two, I think. Yeah, I found the sets a bit gloomy, I'll be honest with you, a bit cheap. But
0: yeah. Yeah. Anything else you got, dude, on this? Uh,
4: no, sorry, I was still reading about the music. Um, no, I don't think I have. I mean, I I thought Colin... 'Cause I haven't really talked much about Colin. I thought he was decent in this. I I think it was saved a bit by him getting this sort of dynamic of possibly being a traitor. Because yeah. I did like that. But there was a bit when he's, you know, when he's first taken off the chair that when he's sort of been operated on and he's playing it, he's gone a bit do lally. Oh yeah. yeah. I thought he was a bit too mm-hmm. over the top in that. I think the director said, have oh, said, just tone it down a little, Colin, because it was a bit cringy, to be honest. The acting wasn't too good in that scene. I think it's almost too comedic. I think he, you feel almost like they're in a rehearsal and him and Brian blessed just having a bit of a laugh, trying to mimic each other. And I, I didn't think that scene worked particularly well, but thankfully after that, when he sort of turned a bit traitorish, I think he's much better. Like I do like the scene when he's uh, Perry comes in to give him a drink and and he says, you know, here she is. And he unmasks her and all that. And you're like, doctor, what are you doing? I like all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely better in the sort of second half of the episode, I think. And good in the trial scenes as well. But, yeah, yeah. I just thought he's a bit, I don't know, not quite hitting the mark in the scene with Brian Blessed when he was supposed to be a bit lally
0: No, I agree, mate. Yeah. Yeah,
4: and Nicola's good. I mean... Yeah, she's okay. Yeah, she's... As I said, I, I do think it's an interesting, uh, and I mean that in a good way, performance from her at the end when she's... Um, Possess, not possessed but you know <laughs> she's had her transplant I think she really does go for it in those scenes I, I like it she's proper exorcist scary so mm-hmm. I think um, she did well with what she was given in this script yeah but apart from that Indeed. I don't think I've got much else I just the only other thing I've got written down is nasty dog man because I thought the dog creative guy <laughs> looked horrific horrible
0: yeah the makeup uh, wasn't too bad on his face he looked fairly convincing yeah, like, I think, yeah I didn't, the actor had his mouth open really wide the whole time pretty much, when they were in those scenes. It must have killed his jaw Yeah, after a little while. But it didn't look too bad. Fairly convincing.
4: I remember I hated it as a kid. It really scared me as mm. a kid, that thing. So I still don't like it now. But, uh, yeah, it did look quite good for the time. But, no, I don't think I've got anything else written down. I have got something, but I can't read it. I've been trying to read it ever since we started the review <laughs> on my pad. Can't. So No, seems... Courtroom scenes... No, don't know what it is I've written there. Nothing important. <laughs> my <laughs> writing's terrible because I write as we as I'm watching it, I sort of scribble it down, half <laughs> watching the screen, half writing on my pad, and after time I can't write. Read what I've written on the pad afterwards, anyway. But yeah, I think I've pretty much covered it.
0: Cool. Yeah, me too, buddy. And yeah. Anything else? Uh, scores wise, I think it's me to go first. Mm. I'm going to give this a
4: four point five. Oh gosh, that's low. What did you rate Mysterious
0: Planet? Six
4: six see i rated i rated it 6.5 and i enjoyed this slightly more so i'm giving it a seven
0: A seven so mind walk for me it just plods along it's nothing substantial mm. the stakes are completely just ridiculous the whole reason why kiev wants to um to transplant his mind is just completely i don't know it's just, i can't get my head into that You're just non inconsequential stuff and the acting's not great in this one and yeah, it's not it's not a great continuation for um for this overall story, so um yeah, not a fan of this one too much, buddy. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, so okay, so a seven from him, four point five from me. We had some audio clips in. Thank you very much, guys. We're going to kick off with our regular reviewer, Sammy from Down Under.
4: G'day, Gary and Adam. Sammy Satine here. So mind what Well, Christopher Ryan is Lord Kiv, who later became a Santarin. Syl is back. I never like Syl. He's not very nice to Perry, whom I have frequently believed deserved better. Brian, blessed is Brian, blessed. Michael Jason, the Valiant, is still good. I think the Valiant needs to return. He's a very interesting character, and I want to know which origin story the show will stick with. Created by the CIA, the Celestial Intervention Agency, or the other origin story? I've seen this story before, and I know it happens. Sagacity is good too. I give it six Lord Kibs out of ten. See ya. Six. Six from Sammy. Not too bad. Six Sills.
0: Six Sills, yeah. I'm quite impressed so far. We've kept the Sill impressions to a minimum. Yes. Which is good. Uh, Thank you very much, Sammy. Uh, Moving on. Alex Kingdom.
3: Hello, Gary Adam of the Big Blue Box podcast. How are you guys doing? Now, today it's Mind Warp parts Duh. Is that two? I don't know. I think I think it's two. Well, it is part two, but I don't know whether, like, what I pronounce as two. Anyway, off track. Welcome to part two of uh, the trial of a time lord. Now, last week you will hopefully remember that I was very harsh on part one. Part two, small improvement. I preferred Mind Warp over uh, the two. There was more consequence to the story. I rather enjoyed that. Uh, Sill is always a pleasure, uh, without question. Uh, I like Sil. I preferred him in Vengeance on Varos than this story. I thought, uh, you know, I thought it was just a solid story. This one, not bad, not great, not good. Uh, so it's just kind of in the middle. A lot better than last week, though. So I'm going to give it a six and a half out of ten. Next week, though, I believe we've got Terror of the, uh, what well, they're called, Vervoids. But I think we all know that they're uh, something else. But I'll leave that up to the imagination, eh? But no, 6.5, <laughs> a solid story uh, with more consequence for the Doctor. But yeah, next week. Oh, not looking forward to that one. All the best, guys. See you later. Uh,
0: not looking forward to Terror of the Vervoids. That's the innit? The Verves, yeah. yeah, Mel, yeah. Oh, dear. Well, thank you very much, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Prefers Mysterious Planet. Mm. No, no, no. Prefers Mind Warp, sorry.
4: Mind Warp and a fan of Sill
0: And a fan, yeah. He has got his fans, let's be honest. <laughs> thank you very much, Alex, as always. Moving on. I think you might know this guy. Mm. I've heard his name battered around certain circles. I've never met him in person, but I do know the name. So uh, next reviewer, this is Adam Amoon. I have
2: Actually, no, my name's Adam. Uh, hello, Gary and Adam. Uh, you may may not have known me, tall guy, curly hair. No? Okay. So you guys are talking about Mindwarp on this show, and I thought... Yeah, I'd like to jump in and say it's Colin Baker's fighter story on TV. Colin is both unpredictable, brilliant, and sometimes a little bit terrifying. Top that with a brilliant cast. Nicola Bryan giving it a fantastic performance, a final performance of Public in Brown. Nabil Shaban, Christopher Ryan, Brian Blessed. Good God. Not top that with a completely dark, twisted story that is written and performed brilliantly. Um, Thoris Beta. Love that like, on oh, Thoros' Beaton, Love that shot where the task materializes, f- phenomenal. Um, and yeah, a terrific watch. Also, I was at the BFI for this, and I had to drop off a letter from Lady Painfort. That was cool. Anyway, guys, take care, wash your hands, stay safe, enjoy the show. <laughs>
4: ah, it does sound familiar.
3: Oh that yeah, it letter does, as well.
4: It? I'm getting a flashback, but no. yeah I never knew, in all seriousness, I never knew Adam was such a big fan of this story. I knew, knew he liked it, but I didn't know you you've considered it Colin's yeah. finest. I'm, I'm sure that's down to you, you, Karnos.
0: I'm sure, yeah. 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 So uh, listeners that are not aware, Adam is a good friend of ours and we, we see him a lot. He's at all the conventions and meetups and stuff. He's a great guy. Mm. And uh, yeah, I me too. When I've obviously spoken plenty to him over the years about Doctor Who, I never knew that he was a big uh, Mind Warp fan. So, no yeah good on you dude thanks very so much for the review moving on this is Seb Lane
4: hello Gary Adams so oh mind warp well what do I think of mind warp I hadn't watched this one in a good few years and I thoroughly enjoyed it I thought it was entertaining I liked um the ki- the king um person I totally forgot his name my apologies and I thought Colin Baker was good in it. The trial room um, scenes were actually okay compared to the last one. And I totally forgot how brutal Perry's death was and it actually shocked me. And when the episode finished, I was left thinking, oh my God, is that it? That was, And it was, that is it, that is Perry's final story. So overall, I'd give it a seven and a half out of ten. See ya. 7.5, eh? 7.5, yeah. I wonder... Um... <laughs> For anyone who is perhaps watching these along with us for the first time, I wonder if they're perhaps ready for the little retcon. Is that the right word yeah. that we get yeah. to do with Perry? I'm not going to ruin it, but yeah, mm.
0: yeah, it's going to be interesting for people. And I know there are some people who are watching this for the first time, which is why I've really tried our best to not try and reference future stuff that's going to come up mm. in the next two parts. But yeah, that's going to be a that's going to be a bit of a moment, I think. Yeah, when some I say people. retcon,
4: I don't mean it. I just, I'm not giving it away. I'm just saying that there is some, there is a little flashback coming to do with that, That's, yeah, which will be interesting to talk about when we get to it. Yeah,
0: yeah. But thank you very much, Seb. Appreciate that as always. On a seven point five. Moving on. This is Mr. Craig Bryce.
1: Hi guys. Hope you both well. So at Mind Warp, what do I think of this one? Well, this is. A, I think this is a really good story. Actually, I think Philip Martin delivered a really good script here. It is my favourite part out of the uh, Trial of a Time Lord series. Uh, there's only one thing in it that does bug me, but we'll get to that in a moment. Um, I think everybody involved in this is absolutely fantastic, especially Nabil Shaban as Syl. I think Sill is one of the probably the last great classic villain from a uh, classic Doctor Who. He's up there with the Daleks and the Sontarans for me. Um, I think uh, Patrick Roycroft as Crozier, I think he also have, does a good performance. Uh, Colin Bre- Baker, brilliant as normal. The only thing for me is Brian Blessed now. Don't get me wrong, I like Brian Blessed, but I find it hard to believe that he would strike up a relationship with uh, Perry. I find that very hard to believe. Uh, talking of Perry, I think her demise at the end is absolutely shocking. But unfortunately, it gets spoiled in the next part. But never mind. All in all, I think it is a good story. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Cheers, guys. Speak to you next week. Bye.
0: Eight. Oh, we nearly Tree. gave it away. And it, yeah, thank you very much, Craig, for that, dude. <laughs> yeah, an eight. Wow, that's a pretty decent score.
4: He likes it, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, dude. And then lastly, this is Mr. Matt Steele.
2: Mm-hmm. Hello, Gary Adam. Matt Steele here again. Hope you guys are well and having a good week. So this week, the second part of the Trial in the Time Lord Saga, Mind Warp. Yeah, I enjoyed this story more than The Mysterious Planet. I thought the acting from Colin and Nicola was really good and overall the story was much more intriguing than last week's. However, as good as it was to see the great Brian Blessed in this, his over-the-top acting and gets on your nerves after a while. I especially liked how this story took a dark turn in supposedly killing Perry, however I doubt she'll remain dead forever. I enjoyed this second instalment of the trial arc a lot more than the first. I give Mind Warp a 7 out of 10. Cheers guys, I'll see you next week.
0: Thank you very much Matt. Awesome, dude. Awesome, dude. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to put your, your thoughts down in an audio review. As all of our audio reviewers, uh, a massive thank you to you guys for taking the time to do that. The best part of the show. Uh, moving on to the socials. We had a few over there. Let's go over to Twitter. Uh, our writer Jordan Shortman says, It's a story I've always struggled with. Not a fan of the Evil Six, though I do like that it's the Time Lord to stop the Doctor from saving Perry. Mm. Uh, i like perry's exit though it's bald and striking and very original the rest of the story is a bit strange though she is very bald
4: that's that's certainly true
0: insert yes Uh, john griffith says oh boy where to begin dark theme dark tunnels darkly shot dark doctor uh, inanimate acting stillborn plot ridiculous brain transference court scenes are lackluster one blessed relief at livening things up and poor perry uh, a program canceling episode. Uh, oh. Three out of ten. Sorry, he says, uh, and then he followed up and said, "Why three out of ten after such a review? Even terrible Doctor Who is better than no Doctor Who." True. There is some logic in that, I think. Yeah. Indeed, yes. Thank you very much, John. Uh, Lost on Gallifrey podcast. Uh, weird one. I love the Doctor going dark, but times in uh, but times in this he goes too far and no clarity is given whether he's good slash bad considering the show was getting slammed it's bizarre they commissioned this one uh mm. saying that it's quite gripping and i love sill do the laugh gary seven out Go of ten
2: uh,
0: <laughs> right rick moran says thank you very much guys and uh yeah, uh, as I said before, go listen to their podcast. It's very cool. Uh, Rick Moran says, I have thoroughly enjoyed Mind Warp way more than The Mysterious Planet. The story has been very interesting and much darker in tone, verging on sci-fi horror. This yeah. final part was the best yet. The fate of Perry in a particular, a totally shocking scene. Eight-year-old me was devastated, uh, which I'm sure was the reaction that was wanted. Overall, a 7 out of 10.
4: Cheers, Rick. Yeah, I must admit, when I watched this back in the day, I was convinced that Perry would be back the following week. I was like, no way are they gonna do that to Perry. But yeah,
0: they were ruthless back then, dude. Ruthless. Adric coming back? No, 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 no,
4: <laughs> no, 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 no chance. He's got
0: to go. Kill him off. Uh, right, Dan Pinn says, I, I'm always, uh, I've always found this a difficult watch. It's hard seeing the Sixth Doctor being so unpleasant, regardless of whether it's. Uh, 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 That's a spoiler, dude. So unpleasant regardless of... Saying that, Colin's performance is very good. You really feel he's properly hitting his stride. Brian Blessed seems to think he's in a panto. Uh, I like Crozier, this super suave and amoral scientist. Nicola gives her best performance as Perry as she actually has something to do. Sill is superb as ever. A bit of a mess uh, with a few highlights. Five out of ten. Five out of ten, okay. Middle of the road from Dan, yep. Yeah. Uh, Edward Giluli says, not the greatest story with Blessed being himself and therefore terrible in this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Would Perry seriously go off with him? Uh, yeah. Good to have Sil back. He's the best thing in it, a six out of ten. Indeed. Yes, uh, Caitlin Dalek 100 said, it's a good story with Sil returning. It somewhat felt like a sequel to Varos in a way. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the Doctor didn't seem to be very likeable in this lot. And this a lot for me and as i found him rather difficult to watch at times perry has some wonderful uh, dynamic with yucanos six out of ten and lastly for twitter uh, clive Gemma, clive Gemma, uh, who's clive hyphen lewis is the name of the twitter account which is very cool I uh, was lucky enough to see this at the bfi earlier this year it was my seven-year-old daughter Scarlett's first introduction to the trial of a time lord season Oh, yes. She found it both captivating and frightening. As a result, old Sixie and Perry are now her favorite TARDIS combo. Mm. That's awesome, isn't it?
4: Yes. Yeah, I remember um, meeting up at the, I remember saying hello at the bit of fight, actually. Yes.
0: That's very cool. Your first proper introduction and your fave combo is Sixie and Perry. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, guys, over on Twitter. And then we had a few over on Facebook. Uh, the uh, Minnie McKenzie, uh, I've got too much to say about this for facebook so i've sent you an email oh yes millie i've got your email and what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna save millie's review until the end of the four parts because her review is like a big review of um the trial of a time lord as a whole so i'm gonna save it see. for that but thank you very much millie i've got that saved away uh, i'll do that in a couple of weeks uh charlie turner short and sweet this week uh, okay but i don't like the inclusion of sill uh, he was fine in vengeance but not so much here a five out of ten okay richard yeah. hardman says this was the best story out of this season, in my opinion. The planet look alien. Uh, the Lucosa is great and Blessed is awesome. But the best bit was poor Perry. What a shock. That poor girl went through the ringer with Sixty. It's a she shame did. her ending was altered. I give it 8 out of 10 purely for originality, although I wouldn't want a whole season like this. Mm. Uh, Joseph Howarth. Eh, it's okay. I'll say this about Mind Warp. It's a bit more interesting than the story the mysterious planet but that's not really saying much because it's a story within the trial of a time lord saga <laughs> uh, brian blessed does seem to be having a good old time playing Yukarnos. Sills back which is nice i guess but ultimately the scene of perry dying is kind of ruined um, again it's a better story but it's not something i'd go back to uh, and it's a story that still has plenty of problems a six out of ten
4: yes it's not one i'd reach for very often i'll be honest
0: yeah so when i go that's because there's spoilers in these now anyone that wants to hunt out the spoilers that's completely down to you just head over to our twitter and facebook pages you'll see them on there but just in case anybody wants to steer clear on the podcast i'm gonna uh, chris goldby says mind warp is four episodes too long <laughs> it starts yeah. out creepy and slowly heads towards being a bad musical without the music
1: Oh dear, Chris. Not a fan there.
0: Andrew Boland uh, conversely says, I adore Mind Warp. Uh, It's so weird and creepy. It feels an episode too long. And Tuva and his crew are poorly acted and costumed. But aside from that, I really love this tale. Yes, it's OTT, but that's Doctor Who for you. Easily the best in the trial season. Mm, Okay. And lastly, Rob Doyle says, I watched the whole series when the new Blu ray set came out. The story was a slog and it's too chopped up and it seems to be missing loads of scenes, it would be Mm. interesting to see what the original story would have been like without the trial breaking the story flow. Uh, Also, what a crap way to write Perry out of the show. (laughs) Five out of ten, better to come, thank goodness. Mm. So that's all of our reviews from our awesome listeners and potentially people who don't listen. If you come across us on Facebook or something like that and you're like, oh yeah, what's all this? and you're interested and you've plopped a review, that's awesome too. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much to everybody that's uh, contributed to reviews this week. Awesome as always. Next week, bud, what's next for Trial of a Time Lord?
4: Yeah, next week. uh, uh, So Terror of the Vervoids is the next story. Um, I don't know what to think going into this one. I remember (laughs) very, very little from this. Um, And I don't don't know. I haven't got a very good vibe from it, from what people have said. I I just don't know. But then I remember the Vervoids looking... I was gonna say looking good, but I know they look like other things as well. But yeah, I'm quite I'm quite looking forward to watching it, but I've got a feeling I'm gonna to get to the end of it and be a bit disappointed, but we'll see.
0: This could we'll see. yeah, this
4: could, could go either way.
0: Yes. So the good news is is that we're halfway through yeah. the trial of a time lord mm-hmm. uh, review month. So even if you're not enjoying the stories too much, at least we're halfway through, which is a good achievement, a good milestone thus far. That's it. Uh, so, yeah, next week, Terror of the Vervoids. Um, yeah, get your your DVDs or your Brit box fired up or your Blu rays, whatever, because we will ask for your reviews as always. And we love hearing what you guys think. So, uh, yeah. Cool. I think we'll do there, bud, for 267. All righty. match corner. Hold up. Hey, up. Uh, tats back. Tats back. <laughs> get out. You're not needed at this bit. That's going to do there, bud, for 267. All righty. <coughs> Trial of a bloody time, Lord, eh?
4: <laughs> I could just tell you're not digging it so far.
0: Uh, do you know what, mate? I'm actually okay with... I, I know I've had a bit of a moan and stuff, but I'm actually enjoying... I, I don't watch a lot of Sixie that often, you know? so. Yeah. It's not too bad a thing just to be kicking back and watching some Colin now and then.
4: I'm enjoying Colin, isn't
0: it? Yeah, he's, he's actually okay, actually. Not too bad at all. So that was 267 uh, and our review of Mind Warp. Next week, as Adam said, we're on to Terror of the Vervoids. So get your DVDs and your Blu-rays watched or your rip box, whatever you watch it on. Because we're going to need your reviews. We're going to need to sustain and get-through to the end of may so we're going to ask for your stuff so uh, look out on the socials for that and uh yeah some cool merch coming through as well so looking forward to these new two new novels i'm not sure if between october and december that's enough time to read the first one because the books normally just go on the shelf for a year and then we pull them off or we i don't know but anyways yeah. uh in the meantime until next week head over to the website bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can listen to all of our shows on there plus you can link off to the various podcast apps and networks we'd love to have you as a subscriber so that you don't miss a show when it lands in your app every single friday Um, or whatever app you listen to just do a search for the big blue box podcast you'll find us on there Uh, we're on the socials too instagram twitter and facebook again links are on the website or just do a search we've got a discord server as well link for that is on the website come and hang out and chat lots of doctor who i've been chatting plenty this morning over on discord uh, about uh, people's collections and uh, these upcoming Time Lord Victoria stuff. So come and join in the chatter over there. Uh, also, check out my co host's YouTube channel, The Geeks Handbag. The Geeks
4: Handbag, yes.
0: The old Geeks Handbag.
4: I need to get some editing equipment so I can start making videos again.
0: <laughs> yeah, I tweeted you earlier about that, mate. I did, yeah. Go and I, check d- it I had out.
4: no idea that good old Movie Maker was no longer a thing. I know. They it's struck it nerds. out, mate.
0: Yep. <laughs> yeah, so go and grab a cup of tea. Go and check out Adam's channel. Adam's also on the socials as well under the same name, The Geek's Handbag. Indeed. Go and search for him. Just connect. Everybody connect and, and chat Doctor Who. It's all good. Okay, until next week. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, a- a-